need a bigger boat. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Life, uh, finds a way. Welcome back to Spielberg Chronologically. This is a podcast for myself, Jeff, and Eric. We go through all of uh, Steven Spielberg. Like, it's so ingrained in me to say a different name. Let's I know, you almost you almost said Hitchcock. Every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we go through all of Steven Spielberg's movies. We do it chronologically, and we, just, we are at the final uh, made-for-TV movie here with uh, Savage. Savage. Um, which is not as savage as you would think it would be savage so uh right away right away from the opening credits of this did you pick up on the fact that this was a pilot because it really felt like a pilot i i think the ending kind of that makes sense like the opening credits, there was a lot of like guest starring and also starring and things like that, and in it, it felt very much to me, like re- immediately upon watching it, like the first episode of a television show. Yeah, and so I, I guess this is going to be <laughs> the the Martin Landau pilot um, for this show that I I don't. Mm, how do I feel about this one? So, I, the ending, I guess, makes sense if that's the case. But I just, I wouldn't want to watch a TV show of this. You wouldn't want to watch it. See, okay, I, I, I felt, I felt the opposite. Like I, uh, I watched this, and I don't know, like the YouTube video that I found of it, and I don't know if you watched the same copy. It had a little uh, like uh, watermark down in the corner that kept repeating over and over again. It was uh, some some marathon. Canceled, but, brilliant, oh, brilliant, but canceled. Brilliant, yeah. but canceled. Yeah, brilliant, but canceled. I thought that was. I loved the copy I found on you because it felt like I was watching the TV version. Fortunately, all the commercials are edited out. Yeah, um, yeah, it it did feel like watching TV, and I kind of wanted to see what else was in the. Uh, I was like, <laughs> if they were showing this on TV. I would keep watching. Like I would watch more brilliant but canceled pilots because yeah, the whole, I think, the whole exactly. uh, crux of it seemed to be, hey, this weekend we're just showing pilots that never got picked up, but we thought were kind of cool, you know? Yeah, and I think, um, especially, I mean, considering that Spielberg goes on to be Spielberg from here, it definitely would be interesting to those of us in the present day. Yeah, I didn't realize how much television Spielberg had under his belt. Like, I went back and looked, and he developed he he directed like forty episodes of Marcus Welby, M.D. and like you know never like, heard of that just just an enormous amount of like episodic television, and uh, I just always kind of pictured him as this like young guy who burst onto the scene, you know, with Sugarland Express and then Jaws, but. Nah, he was like toiling away there for, you know, eight or nine years, knocking out just, you know, hourly television shows. Yeah. So, so I, I think for us, we're fortunate because that's where he cuts his teeth. And so far, even yeah, last week's movie, which I think might be the worst movie we ever have to sit through for this podcast, wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. And, and I found this one to be uh, better. Like I, I liked. This oh yeah, more. yeah. Like the other yeah. one, I felt like it kind of felt like it was. Uh, I don't want to say he crapped it out. <laughs> but. I kind of. It's grown on me as far as like having a sort of charm to it. Something evil. Um, of being almost like this innocent, naive possession story, if there could ever be one. Um, and then this so. This, this one, three... though, Savage felt so much smarter and faster yeah. and wittier and better written and just oh, snappy. It absolutely. was snappy, you know, where something evil, there were parts where it just dragged, you know. But yeah. uh, Savage, man, this thing moves, you know, like it goes. And it was, 
you know, over before I realized it. You know, I, I looked to see how much I had left, and I only had like ten minutes left, and I was like, oh, geez, like I've watched this yeah. whole thing. And it's you know. an hour fourteen, um, which is right in my wheelhouse. I love it. Um, and, and that's we're gonna get much longer movies uh, coming up, but fortunately, I don't think anything Scorsese in length. But yeah. um, so uh, Martin Landau is in this movie. Now, uh, if I can tie this back to Hitchcock, this is the first actor that was in a Hitchcock film that's been in one of Spielberg's films. That's interesting. Yeah, Landau was in North by Northwest, and he looked a lot more menacing. And I think Landau has a face to play villains. I can get behind that, yeah. And he, there's many times where he's smiling genuinely, and I'm terrified. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> See, I, I this is the first time I've seen anything with him this young. I think okay, this was filmed in like '73, and, and uh, so he must have been in his 40s. I would guess. You know, I didn't look it up. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but that's about where I would put him. You know, 40, yeah. 45 years old, and uh, and he's a little, he's got, he's a little dapper at points. You know, like he's he's got he's a little no Cary Grant. But. He's no, 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 no. He is no <laughs> Cary Grant. He's no James Bond. But he does have like a gravitas and a smoothness yeah. about him. You know? I think so too. And and I I was impressed because my current image of Martin Landau when I picture him in my head is, you know, pull the string from Ed Wood. You know, like oh, like when, pull <laughs> the string. He's, he's brilliant like, in that movie. Bill Lugosi. He is. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's a great movie. But. Uh, you know, it's like seeing him, you know, young and kind of in his prime was was really kind of kind of thrilling. You know, like I I really enjoyed it. Have you seen North by Northwest? I have not seen North by Northwest. Okay. That's your it homework. Is on, it is on HBO right now streaming. Um, and the and opinion... I almost watched it yesterday and instead I watched Popeye. <laughs> Good call, I think. Um <laughs> Yeah, in the opinion of this podcast, <clears throat> it is the best Hitchcock film. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Now, that's my unbiased opinion. My biased opinion is it's psycho, but, you know. Um, yeah, you should watch it. Martin Landau's in it, and uh, he's very, very young. So let's get to the opening of this. Um, and I actually kind of think this is a fun opening. Well, wait a minute. All right. So what... Because before they get to the newsreel, before they get to the newsreel, there's the scene yeah. where the young woman, the young, attractive 1970s woman is getting her photo taken for her passport. That's and, right. And she's at the photo place. And after she leaves, she, she like asks how long it's going to take. And after she leaves, uh, a menacing looking man who could be a private investigator but we, we're not really sure who he is, comes in and he basically offers the photo guy money for information on her and whether or not she said she was going to be leaving the country. Yeah. $10. T- um, 10 bucks. Buying information was... Uh, now, I don't know inflation-wise what that equals out to. Probably a grand or something. But, um, yeah. So she is leaving the country and then we cut to uh, a empty newsroom. There's a new show, a show called The Savage Report. I think was that what it was called? Yeah, it's a, it was something like that. Yeah, it's it's Savage's show. Yeah, and so uh, Paul Savage hosts this show, and he's nowhere to be found. And in the booth, the uh, director is yelling at the producer, and she's like, "He'll be here." And then he says, do you have anything other than women's intuition, which right. is out of style right now? <laughs> Politically out of fashion at the moment. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and she says, nope. And I loved that moment. I think uh, even though he's being sexist, I liked her reply and the way she faced it. Like she just was like, no. Yeah. With it's, it. it's a great segment because they're all freaking out because it's live TV and he's not there. And the clock is ticking down. And she's saying he's going to be here. And they're like, yeah, no way. He said, like, where, where is he? Like, we got two minutes. Where is he? And so right in the nick of time, the helicopter lands on the roof. And uh, our man Savage, wonderful name, 
wonderful yeah, 1970s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our man Savage gets out and uh, makes it down into his chair on time. He's throwing on his jacket. He's sticking on his microphone. Sits down totally composed. The clock ticks and boom, he's off and running on the news. Yeah. Paul Savage is on the air. And I think they do for this. Uh, they do. a. I think him in um, his producer, who's played by Barbara Bain, have great chemistry on screen and it's not a romantic chemistry but it's this respectful work like they respect each other's work and yeah it's like a like a work partnership but a really strong one right yeah like, and yeah. she does a lot of the investigating in this on her own she goes off and does her own uh you know stuff with the camera guy um to you know, investigate what we're going to find out is the plot. And I think it, I, now that you're saying it's, it might've been a pilot or, uh, for a TV show, I'm like, oh, I can see that you've got these handful of reoccurring characters, um, that will be in the move, like the series going forward. Right, so I can yeah, definitely her, see that. And I don't catch her name. I just called her lady Savage. Uh, so Gail lady Abbott. Savage. I don't even know that they say her name. I, yeah. I don't either. I, I just She's credited as Gail Bates. Abbott. And uh, the camera guy, like I would expect he'd come back, you know, like in a smaller supporting role. Uh, yeah, I think he had his own. Yeah, like he definitely was the lesser of the three, but he was part of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, news news uh, producer guy, like network guy. Who yeah, was Dabney Colin, like totally <laughs> unrecognizable Dabney Coleman. Like when I saw that Dabney Coleman was in the credits, I was like, "Oh, sweet!" And then the whole movie, I'm waiting for him, and I'm waiting for him, and I'm like, "Oh hey. my god, where is he?" Yeah. It turned out it was that guy. I had to look it up afterwards because he looked nothing like the Dabney Coleman that I was familiar with, like nine to five, you know, and all that stuff. I had that experience watching Bone Tomahawk, uh, the actor in there who was in. He played the dad in Step Brothers, and he's virtually unrecognizable in Bone Tomahawk, but Bone Tomahawk is an amazing That's, movie just to, whoa, just to there's a review over, over it over on movie draft house right now you can go download and take a listen um so basically he gets a call from some buddy in washington i can't remember who the, but he, the senator calls the senator calls and he's like hey uh what we were hinting around at is really gonna happen they're going to make this judge guy, they're going to nominate him for the Supreme Court. Yeah. And uh, it's like a scoop. They're giving Savage the scoop, and Savage is all excited. And, and so, they spend a lot of time, I like your program. Like everyone that he runs into, hey, I watch your program. I know who you are. I like your program. You have a good <laughs> show. They're always complimenting him. They are. Savage is very popular. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, we got, so let's go and just start poking around. And so uh, then they go to uh, there, there's like a press conference. Right. And yeah. the, the judge is there and his wife is there. And uh, the judge is kind of like accepting the nomination and talking about, you know, he's going to have to go in front of Congress to get ratified or certified or whatever the hell they do to judges to get him in the Supreme Court. You know, they ask going, him a bunch of questions and then they. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but his wife is there and she's sitting off to the side and she's like kind of silent and doesn't have much to say. And they even direct a few questions towards her. And and Savage and Lady Savage are kind of like, it seems like she doesn't really want to be here. Well, he points them toward her. How does your wife feel? And he's like, well, I'd like her to answer that. And then she just kind of, you know, doesn't excited. sit. Yeah. Uh, stays in the background. Definitely stays in the background. And so they decide, instead of taking the same angle as everyone else doing a piece on this new Supreme Court justice, let's focus on his wife. Yeah, um, which is interesting because they make a thing out of it, and then they really don't do that. Right. Well, you because <laughs> they get derailed pretty much immediately Yeah. Uh, they, in they the next scene. Yeah. So the next scene is at a restaurant, and Savage is there, and in comes cute 1970s passport girl. And she comes and she sits now, down. Now her with name him. they say a lot. Um, Lee, 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 Lee Bardugo, who's an author. Lee, Lee, yes, Lee Reynolds. 
Lee Reynolds. All right. Reynolds. R-A-Y? Oh, that's weird. spells their name? Okay. So, so Lee Reynolds sits down. In long story short, she's like, hey, this judge who's going to be on the Supreme Court, I have a thing with him. I have had a thing with him. I have this photo of me and him together, which she does. And they're not like together together. It's not like they're like doing it, you know, like they are. Yeah, they're not together at a restaurant. They're having supper. Yeah, exactly. If you're from the South, supper or dinner. (laughs) I don't know. And she says, hey, I'm going to sell you this this photo for five grand. And uh, Savage is like, I kind of want that photo, but I don't have five grand on me. And she's like, when when do you want it? Well, right now he's like, "Oh, how soon do you want the money?" She said, "Now, that's too soon." <laughs> I like that. I don't know. It made me laugh. So she leaves, and he says he's going to get back to her. So there's a brief scene with him going to producer guy Dabney Coleman and being like, "Hey, I need five grand," and Dabney Coleman saying, "Like, yeah, no way. I'm not giving you five. After grand they verify it's not a fake." Yeah, they verify it's not a fake, but Dabney Coleman's like, there's still nothing here. It's just a photo of two people sitting there together eating. I'm not going to give you $5,000 for the rights to this photo. Forget it. But then. Yeah, good thing they didn't. They'd be out $5,000. Right, exactly. The next scene is cops gathered around the sidewalk outside of an apartment building. And Lee Reynolds' cute passport girl took a header off the balcony of uh of the building out of her apartment and uh face first down onto the cement there and well, you're is, making it sound like they showed and they don't show it do, no yeah. <laughs> yeah this is my own imagination at work <laughs> okay. i was like <laughs> and she splatters on the ground yeah. and the blood flies no they they just imply that she has fallen out of the building and she is dead yeah and, and she is and uh, they and so it becomes pretty quickly, this is going to make him suspicious, right? She's not blackmailing this new uh, Supreme Court justice, but certainly hinting at a relationship that they had uh, yeah. that was extramarital. It's not, it's not, you're right. And they use the word blackmail on occasion in this movie, and that's not what this is. It's more like the selling of scandalous information. Yeah, because she's not holding him up for money. Right, right. She's holding the information up for money, but not to to him. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, she never confronts him with the information at all. It's just Savage she she went to. Um, So. Savage immediately goes over there and uh, decides he's going to have his own investigation. And he pulls some strings with the cops and they let him in and he kind of asks some questions and looks around um, and and basically finds out her living situation. You know, she's in this like fancy apartment. It seems that she paid less rent than other people in the same the apartment. Same, yep. And so that makes him think a little bit about after like, Savage and the cop have a I don't know what you call this. <laughs> like the Savage doesn't have any leverage. He has to no get leverage. this information from the police, and yet he acts like he does. Let's work together. Let's help each other out. In a and kind of he never helps. Way like they yeah. get a little loud with each other. <laughs> it's kind of funny, and but he doesn't provide the police with any information. He doesn't help them at all. He's just like, we got to help each other, and then he gets what he needs and just leaves. <laughs> He's he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it, it was it it was a pretty funny moment when they like suddenly flare up at each other blah, 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 blah. out of nowhere. Like it felt, and also he's the police officer investigating a murder. What? Why is he rolling over? Right. Why is Savage even allowed in the scene of the murder? Anyhow, exactly. But he is there, so he gets these kind of just vague suspicions. About the owner of the apartment building, Joel, somebody or another, right? Yeah. So the next scene, one of my one of the one of the best shots in the movie. It's the judge's wife's birthday, right? And it starts, and she's sitting at this table, and it's just her face, and you don't see the table, you don't see the party, you don't see anything. It's black all mm-hmm. around her, like she's sitting there isolated in this, like kind of the center of the shot, very small. And then the camera like pulls away and pulls away and pulls away. And she's kind of, I think she's got like the candles lighting her face. 
and she blows out the candles and the lights come on and there's all these people there and it's her birthday party yeah and it was just a pretty striking like they didn't have to do that for this scene you know like it wasn't necessary for them to like make this into an artsy moment uh but they did they went through the effort of making it kind of this visually striking moment in the film and uh I don't know. It was just kind of cool. But bottom line, Senator's at his wife's birthday party. Savage calls him and is like, hey, Lee Reynolds is dead. I we got, need to talk. We need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. And sets up a meeting. And so I'm trying to pick up a breadcrumbs here as to what happens at the end. And I don't know that we ever find out that there was anything untoward in their relationship but he sure acts suspicious he does act suspicious and maybe it's just because and and you know obviously if people haven't seen the movie we're going to spoil the ending right now because you know we're yeah we're, we're going under the assumption that you've seen it or you're not going to watch it so uh, yeah and i'm probably the latter but it is a buck 14 you, i mean an hour and 14 minutes so yeah so YouTube so free essentially like I'm thinking that the judge is nervous because he's under so much limelight, you know, like he's, he's the center of the attention for the entire country right now while they are uh, certifying him to be a Supreme court justice. So anything that goes awry or looks suspicious is going to just derail his whole process. Right. So when he hears about this woman, this young woman that he knew who died under suspicious circumstances, of course he's going to get all squirrely, you know, yeah. because it, it, it's weird. And while things maybe, I presume, turn out to be not so fishy between him and Lee, like in the end. like I'm not sure. It's kind of left up to you to decide. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Savage makes his decision. Savage decides they- what he thinks. But I, I'm like you. I wasn't a hundred percent convinced on because this. Because if he, if he's totally sure, the ending of the movie has to be different. But if you don't have all the evidence, then the ending is the right choice. Yeah, and and then you know, like, then there's the the possibility that the senator who seems to be fair, very genuine throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. Like when he says stuff, like he seems pretty believable. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So they meet in the judges' yeah. chambers or in the in the courtroom or whatever. And Savage is like he's already in the judges' chambers. Like, how do you get in there first? Right. He's waiting in the dark. <laughs> he's waiting. Savage is like, watch me pull this. Like, mind, <laughs> gonna mind freak this judge. And he's just sitting in the dark when the judge walks in and turns on the light. Savage is there. Savage. Yeah. Uh, but Savage is like, yo, I got this picture of you and and this young lady who's dead. What up? You know. And and, and she says, and and she sells the picture saying that their relationship was sexual in nature. Yeah. And the judge is very taken aback. Like, I don't know, offended isn't the right word. Like, his feelings are hurt. And he says, no, you know, I met this woman, and she seemed like she needed help. We went to dinner one time. I might have given her a little money as a loan. And that's it. That's that's everything. Like, that's all that happened. I, I don't have anything to hide there. And Savage is like, well, we'll just see about that, Buster Judge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the judge says, okay, I think we're done. We're done with this conversation then, you know? And uh, goes goes on his way. And that's the end of the, the end of the conversation. Yeah. And now uh, there are parts in this movie. One of the things that kind of throws me off is the way characters are sort of introduced. They just start spouting names. And there I is can't a keep, lot of exposition in this movie. Yeah. I can't keep track of who. There's a couple that is suspected of something and they get arrested for. Uh, and I'm like, I don't remember this couple being in this movie. They weren't. They weren't in the and movie. And then they just they arrest arrested. them. Yeah, and you're it, supposed to know why. And I'm like, they're part of some sort of conspiracy. 
And then they mention a guy's name, Riker. And I'm like, who the hell is Riker? We right. haven't been introduced to any of these characters. And it, it almost feels like you're supposed to know, like the way the, the, the story is presented. It feels like you're supposed to know who Riker is already. It, and I'm like, but he hasn't been in the movie. <laughs> it reminded me of one of those episodes of LA, LA, no, not LA law, law and order where they're just running around town, like spouting off all these names. And this one was there and that one was there. And so, and you just kind of turn your brain off and, yeah. <laughs> and just follow the faces. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's that guy. So and what it, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm hoping Eric is paying better attention to me. Cause I'm, I feel like I've missed something. Like, I got it. Yeah. So early on, <laughs> uh, Joel Joel Riker is the guy who owns the apartment building right. that that Lee Reynolds lived in and and Savage finds that out from the cop. So when they talk about Riker, the the Webbers I think were the people who were arrested that was and we the couple we eventually find out that they were sent to live in the apartment building close to Lee by Riker to keep an eye on her. And the okay. feds the feds nabbed them as part of their investigation into what was going on with with Riker okay all right that makes sense I think um Mortons that was their name the Mortons but wrote it yeah down. and it, it just kind of it, it's I guess it's in there you picked it up but it just kind of zips by yeah and, if you're not like super paying attention right you're done like and then it's just back to follow the faces um and so they show the arrest and this uh he basically by looking at the video you can tell it's FBI and so he just I'm going to Washington. Just gets on a plane. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Before he does oh. that, there's the funeral, and that's where he meets the oh, model. Right. He meets he meets Allison uh, Baker. Yeah. And so, she she shows up to the funeral, and she's got this kind of veil thing on. Doesn't really show her face, and she drops off flowers, and then she runs away. And uh, Savage tries to talk to her, and she just runs. She like jumps in the car and takes off. So then the staff. The staff at the Savage Show, who are like crack reporters, figure out who she is, put a name to the face, and it turns out that she is a uh, a model, like she's a commercial model, another commercial model. Two 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 movies in a row here from Spielberg, where we've got the filming of commercials. Oh, Apple Bars! It Apple Bars, hmm, scrumptious. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Savage goes out and talks to her. And uh, it's like a weird conversation between those two because it's kind of like he's really into her, but he's interrogating her at the same time. And so he's like half hitting on her and half like trying to get to the bottom of who she is and why she was at the funeral. And uh, it's a little skeevy, but it's a little bit. (laughs) She seems to be reciprocating. Yeah, it doesn't seem unwelcome. Like she never is like, all right, back away from me, you freak. No. Um, She's but like, because the scene right before this, while they're watching the video of the actress, and they find out who she is, and they ask, someone asks a question, he's like, "Oh, I don't know that." And then his partner, she asks, "Well, is she attractive?" And he goes, "Well, that, that I can answer. Um, <laughs> I'm a savage." <laughs> then he goes and stalks her at a, while they're shooting a commercial. Yeah. Not okay. For so then, apple bars. Then sadly. the feds arrest the uh, arrest the the Mortons, and then Riker goes off to Washington. And where he uh, no no I'm sorry Savage goes off to Washington yes and uh, where he meets uh, like the head of whatever department who's like all right you need to give us all the video you have of our people otherwise we got nothing we're not nothing to talk about so Savage is like okay and then just leaves <laughs> and before he can leave the guy's like whoa whoa uh, Savage basically just calls his bluff completely. And this guy, and, this is probably the most important scene in the movie because this guy totally just lays out what's going on. So all these names that we didn't know, you know, all that, this guy just breaks it down. He's like, here's yep. the deal. So Joel Riker, rich weirdo, he hosts- Who these, we've yet to see on screen. Who we've yet to see on screen, and when right. we do see him, it's kind of surprising. Uh, he hosts these parties for the rich and famous and wealthy and powerful you know, he invites, you know, senators and uh, famous celebrities and people who are able to kind of influence policy and culture. And then he also brings beautiful women mm-hmm. to these parties. 
with the hopes this is a real like james bondian you know like this this plan is kind of crap with the hopes <laughs> that these people who are wealthy and can influence things get get drunk and start liaisons like affairs come mm-hmm. between these beautiful women and and the rich and famous you say that it's a not that great of a plan but i feel like this might this could work like it, it kind of works yeah if you get bill clinton in there not to get political <laughs> but i got a feeling <laughs> You might work with that one. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a certain personality type that is attracted to you know those positions of power, and uh, yeah, I've, I've got it with you. So, so then, then the idea is that if these liaisons arise, then he will be able to hold this information over the people who participated in them, uh, in order to influence policy and kind of like have some power. So it's not like. He's not necessarily pimping these women because right. they're not. But it does seem as though some of them, Allison Baker and Lee Reynolds even further, get they're in kind of deep. Like they start yeah. figuring out what's going on. They know what the plan is and they are getting a little more confrontational about it. Because like they're they're tied up in things and 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 you know Lee Reynolds was accepting money and a place to live mm-hmm. from Joel Riker in exchange for just attending these parties and and maybe uh, it's it's not clear whether he instructs them ahead of time that they have to try to seduce these guys. It kind of yeah. seems like like no. You know, like according to to Allison Baker, the commercial actress, it kind of seems like they just go and are at these parties and then whatever happens, happens. Right. So. So Savage has the scoop now. He knows what's going on. He's like, okay, so Lee Reynolds had this photo of herself with the senator who she met at this party. Also, he never gives the FBI guy anything. Oh, nothing. No. Yeah, it's the same thing. He goes, why, why did the, why is everyone head of FBI or at least head of a team so intimidated by Paul Savage of all people? When you're talking where, to Savage, it's all give and no take. Like, well, because he's like, you need to give us those pictures, or we have nothing to talk about. Paul Savage is like, okay, we'll leave, and then he's like, whoa, 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 as if he needs something in return. But he's already got all of the information he needs on this guy Riker. I don't maybe and, and he gives the information to Paul Savage who reciprocates with nothing at all. Yeah. It's I mean, like Savage is, Savage is super respected. It's uh, not a mutual exchange of information. But no, he offers nothing to anyone <laughs> ever. Yeah. Go ahead. We we we're at the uh, is there another party now? And they're going uh, Paul... to the party. They're going to the party. No, I believe Paul Savage even gets invited. No, he just or no, shows he up. Just he shows crashes. Up. Yeah, he crashes okay. with Lady Savage. He and Lady Savage show up at the party, and uh, where they are showing a W.C. Fields film on the wall, which was kind of fun. And there are they kind of go through, and they're like, "Oh, okay, so there's a state senator, and there's this one, and there's that one. There's lots of wealthy people here. There's lots of powerful people here." Let's split up. And so Lady Lady Savage goes off with some dude, some city councilman or something. And Paul Savage finds Allison. And they have another one of these like kind of veiled, uh, half flirty, half information gathering uh, conversations. But then Savage gets summoned. The creepy guy who was there at the, getting the passport pictures and it was kind of lurking at the restaurant and it's kind of just kind of been around in yeah. some of these scenes. He shows up and he's like, Hey, Mr. Savage, Joel Riker would like to talk to you. Why don't we come? This, the- this is the creepy guy who is in the opening scene at the, the passport place. Right. Buying or pretending to buy a camera who gave the guy 10 bucks to get information, which is more than Paul Savage has ever given anyone. And <laughs> Paul Savage just takes information. Yeah, he just takes. And then he's also the guy who's tracked Lee Reynolds to this 
restaurant where she interacts with Paul for the first time. Yeah. So Paul goes up and he meets Joel Riker. Who's the creepiest old man? You like, I immediately thought Scrooge. You know, he's so like, slimy. I I think the casting and the performance is just ideal for what this guy does. Yeah, and there's there's this whole uh, what's the F. Scott Fitzgerald book about the guy who has the parties and he doesn't actually attend the parties. I'm just going to pretend I've read F. Scott Fitzgerald and know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you would know it. You would know it if I if I could if it comes he to mind. He parties. Yeah, it's this kind of movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, a Baz Luhrmann movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, he holds part. He hosts parties, but he doesn't actually attend himself. Oh God, this is going to make me insane. I, I, uh, it'll I, come I, into my mind before the end of the show, and I'll just scream it. I'll, out. I'll look it up here. Uh, you said it's Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, Boz Lerman directed the the movie. So, okay, okay, dude is there in this room by himself looking all scroogey with weird manuscripts that he has collected and, and just kind of holding court, I think, for various people who, uh, who Creepy Guy brings to him. So he kind of like, they have a little chit-chat. He shows off his Gutenberg Bible. Uh, and, and Savage is like very polite. And, and kind of charming, but he does drop hints that he knows what's going on, right? And so after this conversation, then he ex- just excuses himself and goes back to the party. And after this conversation, Creepy Guy and Scrooge McDuck Joel Riker uh, kind of <laughs> put their heads together and, and are kind of like grumble, 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 grumble. Savage goes back out and is talking to the model lady again. And she she says, you know, yes, Riker did help me out. He helped me get my start in modeling, so on and so forth. And uh, the Great Gatsby, the Great Gatsby. Jesus, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> Early onset dementia. I have heard of it, but I, I I know very very little. That's good. You should check it out. So uh, where were you, Riker? Okay, so so the model woman after okay savage leaves model goes up to joel Riker, who's out there and it's like hey gets herself really good and murdered is what she's setting up for she does and and then Riker is just like how about you just go home so we can murder you i mean yeah (laughs) find a nice dark room where no one else is and just wait yeah, she she, you she says if you way too much. She says that, way too much. Exactly. Especially because Lee Reynolds is dead. And if you're sus- <laughs> This is pretty stupid of her. <laughs> but fortunately for her, she's smart enough not to go home. She calls someone like Paul Savage's office. This is pre-cell phone. And is like, hey, I need to meet up with you. I'm at your studio. We need to talk. Right. And because had she gone home, she'd be dead. Yeah. So in the meantime, Savage goes off and has another confrontation with the judge where he's like, really, dude, like, I'm really getting hip to what's going on here. And the judge is still very, no, no, I insist. I did not, you know, this was just a friendly, like a friendship more than anything. So Savage gets the call, like he's got to go to the studio. Allison Baker is there. She wants to meet him there. So cut to Allison Baker, commercial model lady, at the studio in the dark. Like, like Well, she, it's she not kinda, dark yet. There's like a guy cleaning up. Right. And she's like, hey, well, he, I'm just going to wait here for him. And the guy's like, that happens all the time. No, no big problem. deal. And it, he, he just leaves, the door closes, and then the lights go out go out and And i love this scene i think this is great stuff totally totally i was going to call this out second second great lighting moment of the movie because she's there in the dark and creepy guy joel riker's henchman comes in and he's got this this wild looking snub nosed pistol. I, I don't know if you it, noticed is that, that gun. tiny. T- is that like the silencer? I'm not a gun guy. I'm not but either. I don't know look, what it was. I, I, and again, not being a gun guy, it didn't look like it fit the era. Even 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it felt like it was even older. Of like, he just was like, I can't afford a new gun, <laughs> and he just went to, you know, like a pawn shop. Was like twenty. It's bucks, a weird sorry. enough gun that we both registered that it was a weird gun. Yeah. Right. So so, the shot is like she's like in the background and he's like way up close in the foreground and all you see are their silhouettes. Yeah. And so they're like, there's light maybe behind them, but you just see their silhouettes and she's like starting to panic. She knows somebody's here. She hears footsteps and she's like, Hey, please turn on the lights. Please talk to me. Please let me, who's there? Who's there? And he's getting closer and he's getting closer. And then all of a sudden the lights flip on. And there he is with the gun, totally mm-hmm. revealed. And there she is, you know, ready to be a victim. And there's Savage. And the lights are on, and he's standing by the cameras. And he's, he's like... He's up in the, in the booth. Right, right. He's in the booth. Yeah. But he does eventually come down. Yeah. He's in the booth, and he's like, hey, buddy, guess what? You're on TV. Yeah. You're on, you're on and he camera. he sells this with his bluster. Like, he just is so full of it and so used to being full of it. That he's just like, yeah, man, totally. You're like, like, he never. And part of me is, I'm not even buying it as the viewer. I'm like, really? Right. right. <laughs> and the guy says something like, oh, well, if it's just going to tape, I can destroy the tape. And, he, and, and Savage is like, nope, my guys have already seen it. It's streaming yeah, directly it. there. And, and we're live a, on Twitch. It's a done deal. How about, you know, how about and you don't do a like, murder in front of okay. all these witnesses, you big dummy. And, uh, and so the guy gives in and, <sighs> I had problems with this because I'm like, just the logic of what he's saying doesn't make sense to me. And like, if we were in the modern day, yes, everything's in the cloud. It's, you know, it's immediately everywhere, you know, but this did seem a bit much. (laughs) Well, okay. So I'm kind of thinking of it in terms of like the era Right. Like, yeah, like now nowadays we all know how media works, you know, yes, like that's we're true. All, we're yeah. all very familiar with the ins and outs of, of all that. But back then, you know, t- television was kind of magic, magical, yeah. you know, and so people didn't know 100 percent like how things worked. And, and plus there was this whole like primitive like are those cameras film? Are they videotape? What are those things? Like, yeah. like, what about magnets? Knew. Yeah, How do they work? <laughs> it was, it was all very mysterious, you know. Yeah, and and so the guy buys it. The guy buys what Savage is selling and and gives up. But then Savage is immediately like, he takes the guy's gun and then he's like, psych, <laughs> these cameras take, what do you say, something like <laughs> a just, half hour to warm up? Yeah, they, they, they even got to, this is, that's when I start believing them. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense for this old, you know, 70s technology. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It take forever to warm up. I mean, we're barely out of the black and white era, you know. <laughs> it did, it did strike me as crazy. <laughs> That the cameras yeah. had to warm up. Although then I thought about it in terms of televisions. I don't know if you're old enough to remember old televisions, but when you were turn them on back in the day, they didn't just come on. Right? Well, like a tube, like a, you know, I had a black and white TV. I mean, I'm old enough for that. Um, but yeah, like they did take them, but it wasn't. It wasn't a half minutes. hour. You no, know, it, it felt it was, like it you was, turned it on and it took. 30 seconds maybe if right. if it's the, really the old screen would kind of flicker to life and then when you yeah. turned it off it went down into like a tiny little dot in the center of the screen like the screen would shrink down well and it would even stay there would be lingering like if you were watching tv in the dark and you turn it off it would do that thing you're talking about where it goes down to a center point of light and but the whole move the screen was sort of glow lightly for just about another 10 minutes yeah, and then it would be off. Old TVs are neat. Yeah, I, part of me wanted to have one to hook a Genesis up to, but you know, um, they're also insanely heavy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I still have a <laughs> I still have a thirty six inch Sony for, for just that purpose for for video games and stuff. And uh, 
yeah it's a brick when we move it's staying in this house like yeah i can't i can't get that thing down the stairs i barely got it up the stairs and i was 12 years younger so well, uh it's oh, confirmation ahead. time now it, they're, they're they're we're at the confirmation meeting for this judge and uh they're uh, savage and his partner um barbara are talking about are they going to go with this story and i think they pretty much decided that they're going to uh, but before that uh the judge's wife would like to speak with paul savage so savage follows along goes back and talks to the wife like b- backstage at the confirmation whatever side room conference room doesn't matter where and the wife says look i'm familiar with this situation with lee reynolds I've been under psychiatric care. I've been not a great companion for my husband. And he's only human. And he did go out to dinner with this woman. But that's all it was. And I believe him. He is a good person. He's a good man. He's going to be a good Supreme Court justice. I think you need to get on board with this. And not blow him out of the water. Because... You know, I mean, she doesn't come right out and say it, but hey, you have no proof. You know, yes, it's all circumstantial. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so it would just be almost irresponsible to do this. But also, this is a good person, and this is an unfortunate set of circumstances. And that's what the judge said several times too. Like he said, this is just an unfortunate set of circumstances, and people in the media can take things like this. And just blow them out of proportion, oh, and then everybody yeah. believes that it's true. And in this case, it's just not true, you know. So, or at Sav- least there's not enough evidence to prove it's true. Right. Well, the judge was saying it's just not true. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying was, it's just not true. <laughs> yeah, and I and and as the viewer of the information we've gotten, it's pretty circumstantial at best. Um, yeah, like you I, said, I, the I, picture is them having dinner. They're not going into a hotel room together. Yeah. So. Essentially what happens then is the the press is kind of talking to the judge right before uh, right before his confirmation and Savage and Lady Savage are in the audience and the judge is taking questions and he's kind of given Savage like a direct look and he says, any more questions? Mr. Savage, do you have any more questions? And Savage just says, nope. I don't have any questions. And he and Lady Savage are like, we're going to run the other story we were working on. All of this was for nothing. Let's and go. We're, and we're Savage and Lady the, Savage. <laughs> they open the way they close, right? They're late for their show, you know, again. And uh, and that's where I'm like, okay, this is definitely a pilot when you said that. And um, and when that happened, I'm like, all right, why, why did we watch this? Because I'm like, we went through this entire investigation he researched all this stuff about the Supreme Court justice. And I'm like, what came of it? I mean, granted, we shut down this guy who's blackmailing uh, politicians and people. But I just kind of was like, oh, okay. Like, I felt a little unfulfilled at the ending of the movie. Well, it it's interesting because... To me, the the crux of the movie was that conversation between Savage and the judge where the judge talks about how the media can, can blow somebody out of the water. And it's funny because this was 1973, right? So we're talking like almost 50 years ago. Yeah. This is pre 24 hour news cycle. And that resonated with me absolutely, you know, in the modern era, because it immediately made me start thinking about what goes on in our own, in our current culture. I mean, you you don't have to. There have been two Supreme Court justices, one of which they didn't have anything on I'm t- under the Trump administration. And then the second one, all kinds of stuff came up, you know, and so you can kind of see parallels there. Yeah, you can. But I mean, just just in general, like the media's do they have a responsibility to like use discretion because our current media, I think uses no discretion because like everything now is a hundred percent online. And if TMZ gets it, 
it's done. Like, like TMZ gets a hold of something and all of a sudden it's on CNN and it's on, you know, like Yahoo and all these news feeds and so on and so forth. And, and it just feeds into it. And it doesn't matter how accurate it is. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, what the circumstances were surrounding a situation. Like they, they take things now and just run with it. Mm-hmm. And then that leaves whoever... The subject. And then they waste your time. <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah. So I want to say, as a brief aside, uh, recently the uh, um, the subreddit anti work. I don't know if you saw. There's the the person who runs it. Um, it's a subreddit dedicated to people who don't like work or whatever, and they bring this person on Fox News, and they only bring them on. To really just make fun of them. And I'm like, this is the news? What the hell? You know, I'm not, I don't watch (laughs) them. (laughs) Uh, But I was just like, what are we doing? Um, Just a waste of time. And then like the person had to shut down their, uh, you know, subreddit and close it up. And I'm like, this is just some guy who didn't know any better and just let him be in his own his corner of the internet and have his own little hobby yeah, yeah who cares and they they brought him on and the the host was so smug and like I, I just was like oh you just brought this guy on because you're insecure and you needed someone to make fun of and i just yeah i, I it, definitely especially with the 24-hour news cycle they need lots of news and things that don't actually need to be on the air get on the air and yeah but yeah, yeah I, I i'm with you and and I, I mean I think what the implication was that even then, like the, it was pretty extraordinary that Savage chose not to run with the story, even though he didn't have full substantiation behind it. You know, like like even then they would take these implications and their right. truths and run them, and then you know. Like shoot them all, let God figure it out later. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. like basically the same same theory. You know, get it on the air, and then if it proves not to be true later on, it's already it's already out there. But to yeah. the to the people who are the subjects of that sort of reporting, that's something that they carry around with them for the rest of their life. Yep. You know, there's a and, great documentary on HBO um, from Monica Lewinsky uh, that talks about. Um, that phenomenon people who get canceled and uh they run with uh i'm trying to remember all of them but the one where right at the beginning of the pandemic they got the guy who was hoarding um sanitizer yeah and they just made him out to be this evil person it's a really good documentary um and of course monica Lewinsky knows what it's like to be more so than probably just about anyone um, she's one publicly to follow shamed. her on Twitter. She's uh, well worth following on Twitter. Oh, I, I, she's I will hysterical and funny and uh, just really smart and great. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And, and it's one thing if you're a public figure, although I do feel like oftentimes public figures are treated unfairly just because they are public figures. Um but it's another thing if you're just rando Joe off the street, like the sanitizer guy or the Reddit guy, and then all of a sudden you're the subject of mass scrutiny from the entire, you know, news media conglomeration that we have in our society. Uh, you know, that's got to be an absolute nightmare. So those are the kind of thoughts that that Savage uh, inspired in me like i was surprised that i found it as relevant to our modern age uh if if it was even if it was charmingly dated in that this guy did decide to behave in an ethical way i love his show (laughs) it's great show so yeah savage yeah that that was that i'm trying to find the the documentary um but yeah not like once you watch something on a streaming service, finding it again is like impossible. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you've seen it. You don't want to watch it twice. hundred percent. Like, oh, what if I want to tell someone about it too bad? Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm pretty sure if you just throw it in Google, you'll find it. Um, yeah. So Savage now, uh, you, I think 
I didn't dislike the movie. I think I came in a little harsh by saying I wouldn't watch this TV show. Uh, but I, I don't watch a lot of TV shows. <laughs> uh, there Something on Twitter set me off because I was... Uh, Scott from Budget Arcade had said, you know, hey, what's a, a show you didn't feel got its full due? And I was like, Glow, damn it. Oh, and, uh, yes. It oh. got canceled. And I was like, they had one season left. And I was mad. And I... And then Mindhunter, another Netflix show. And I'm like, because of these shows being canceled, it's like, I don't get invested in television shows anymore. I just, uh, why? Because they're just going to cancel them and I'm not going to see the end of the story. And uh, so I, I'm more of a movies guy now. Yeah, Glow Glow really hurt my feelings. After this, I'm going to send you a picture. My wife and I went as Glow characters for Halloween a few <sighs> years ago. Awesome. <laughs> Were you uh, Zoya? <laughs> um, I was or um, Mark uh, Mark Maron's. My wife, my <laughs> wife was Mark Maron, and I was uh, who's who's the crazy one with the uh, with the wig. She has the black. Oh, wig I don't and the know the character's name. Eyes. Yeah, yeah I, I went as her. Oh, awesome! Yeah, my that, costume was bad. My wife's was fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess that's it. So we're we're moving on to the theater now. Uh, we're actually going to have to buy a ticket and go to the movies because uh, the first ever theatrical release from uh, about said Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my gosh, from Steven Spielberg uh, is the Sugarland Express. Now, have you seen this before? Never. Didn't uh, I saw Scott Goldie Hawn, and that's all I know. Me too. I have never you, seen it before, so I'm excited. Like this is yeah. this is one of the blind spots for me. I don't count these TV ones because no one has seen them. Uh, it, it, Duel. I think Duel is one that has garnered a certain level of esteem, um, and I think I do count Duel, but um, as something where I'm like, you probably you you need to watch Duel if you're yeah. you're a fan. Uh, but now it just. <sighs> I'm gonna. This I'm gonna is so not... much better than doing Hitchcock because it just <laughs> starts going and you don't. There's like not a miss for like ten movies. It's I, like I, no, you get timeless classics. Ah, so um, yeah, the Sugarland Express came out in 1974 and it stars Goldie Hawn and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Me too. Just I'm not going to shotgun. I mean, it's probably going to be good. Well, yeah, of course. I, I, I'm not going to read any like critical review of it until after. I know I've, nothing I've about the story. Yeah, me either. Nothing. I'm just going to click play. Going in cold. To it. All right. Well, um, if you want to hear more from us, both of us have other podcast projects. Uh, the Gaming Nexus show where you can hear Eric and Joe and uh, I'm blanking on your other Max. 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 Mraz. Uh, uh, talk about gaming from a different perspective, not just the news, but more about gaming's effect on our lives. It's a great show. Uh, also, the gamingnexus.com, where you can find uh, writing from Eric and all of his um, cohorts, is the word I'm going to use. Uh, if you want to hear some more from me, I don't know why, but you can check out the movie Draft House, where I do movie reviews with Mark, and it's a lot less civil and a lot more angry, and um, uh, a lot, a lot of. Uh, me yelling which you and i i'm saving i've got it in a bottle labeled hook behind me uh, and i will open it at when it's time i don't um, know i don't know you, you need to watch hook as an adult and then uh we'll talk we'll see we'll see if your reaction okay. is the same as it was when you were younger okay you want to try me that's <laughs> just be prepared uh also of course budget arcade uh where i along with Mark and Scott Review, free-to-play games. Uh, find us on, well, find me on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. Uh, you can find Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Hotter. All of this stuff's going to be in the description. Uh, any final words for us? Uh, no, other than, like, thanks for watching. And, and if you do have a spare evening and you're just hanging out and you don't know what to watch, this is on YouTube. It's easily accessible and it's free. And I thought it was kind of fun. Like, for yeah. a 1970s TV show, it made me think, Maybe I need to watch more 1970s TV show. This is way better put together than I was expecting it to be. So. I like the appeal of the grain. I like watching a film that has age on it, you know? Not Same. that it's bad or aged poorly, but that it has... There's something about the 90s and the 80s when the text comes on screen and it's kind of low res and grainy. I'm like, ooh, this is, this is homey. It reminds me of putting the VHS tape in 
in my bedroom and watching Van Damme movies. Um, so yeah, it's you a little know. cozy feeling, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, we've got plenty more of the 70s to go, I think. Um, so uh, we will catch you in two weeks' time for more Spielberg chronologically. <laughs>